house, fellowship of the Lord's people, having a place to come that is a refuge, and I'll just be honest with you, Brother Shane, it's been a rough week on me myself, uh, well, I'm glad to be saved this morning, Psalms chapter number 32, now we uh, oftentimes uh, will go to or reference some things out of Psalms 32. And a lot of times we will reference uh, some scripture out of Psalms chapter number 51. But I want to, if the Lord would help us for just a little while, uh, try to look at these verses of scripture uh, in their entirety, rather than just uh, take a verse here or take a verse there. Uh, I want to try to get the context of what these chapters are dealing with. Hopefully we'll be able to get through all of it this morning. Uh, not sure that we will, but we're going to attempt to. Okay. Psalms chapter number 32. I want to start there. And uh, if we can, we're going to move to Psalms chapter number 51 uh, here in just a little bit. All right. Psalms chapter number 32. Bible says in Psalms chapter number 32, let's all stand if you can for the reading of reverence to the word of God this morning. We'll read the whole chapter quickly and then we'll pray. The Bible said in Psalms chapter number 32, verse number one, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no God. And uh, before we even get any farther, let me just read you something, if I can find my place here, in First John. The Bible says in verse number 10 of First John chapter 1, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. David didn't say, he's not talking to those who have sinned versus those who have not sinned. He said, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. He's talking to every man, woman, boy, and girl. And he said, whose sin is covered. I'm thankful this morning to have had my sin covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number two said, blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no God. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer, Selah. I acknowledged my sin unto thee and mine iniquity. Have I not hid? I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin, Selah. Verse number six. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. It's amazing to me that sin is the very thing that separates us from God. 
And in the same chapter that David is talking about the sins of mankind and his sins specifically, he's talking about the blessings of forgiveness and having that sin covered. And in the same chapter is able to say, praise God, thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. I thought about that verse of scripture this morning where Brother Gene was talking about the lion approaching from rearward and attacking and then coming around and grabbing the prey by the neck. It's an instinct to cut the airway off. And I thought about that. So thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Well, I'm glad I've had a place to hide from time to time to keep the enemy from coming around and choking me down on the ground. He said, thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Well, aren't you glad this morning to have been delivered out of the snare of the fowler, to have things that's come up in your life that, that, that meant to take you down, but had deliverance from it. Boy, I thank God for that. So I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, Lest they come near unto thee, many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous. We've got something to be glad about this morning. We have something to rejoice in. And Shannon says, ye righteous. Now my righteousness and your righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. But because I've been saved by the grace of God, when the Lord, when God the Father looks at me, he sees the Son. I have that imputed righteousness this morning and I thank God for that and I can be glad in the Lord and rejoice ye righteous and shout for joy all ye that are upright in heart you can be seated this morning Heavenly Father take us now this moment in time and I pray uh, reveal your scriptures unto us in the manner in which you uh, have for us this morning show us what we stand in need of give us something from the word of God we pray in Jesus name we ask these things amen and amen now, a lot of people will look at Psalms chapter number 51. They will look at Psalms chapter number 32, and you're going to find some association uh, between these two chapters. These two chapters specifically are dealing with the personal uh, situation that David was dealing with with his sin concerning that of Bathsheba. All right, and we don't have to go into all that. Uh, if you're not familiar with that story, you can go to 2 Samuel chapter number 11. And find that David uh, tarried at Jerusalem. He should have been at battle. Uh, and because he was tarrying in a place where he shouldn't have been tarrying, temptation, that opportunity, he done something that he should not have done that was contrary to his character, understanding that all of us are subject to doing things that are contrary to our character. All right. And having said that, uh, the devil uh, took an opportunity and he jumped on David, if you will. And we're going to find here, Brother Gene, that uh, Satan come around side of, of David after he knocked him to the ground and he bit him by the throat and he held him down, if you will, and tried to smother him out and suffocate him. All right? And that's what happened to David. And we're going to look at why that is. But concerning these two chapters and how these two chapters uh, correlate with one another, you need to understand that Psalms chapter number 32 is, is not a uh, penitential uh, psalm. In other words, we're not, you see some, something about forgiveness in, in here, but in Psalms 32, this is an instructional psalm. This is an instructional psalm that you and I can read and get instruction on how we should deal with things that come up in our life from the perspective or from the attitude 
uh, of sin and what sin does to man. Psalm 51 is a penitential uh, psalm. It is also a song, uh, a song that was sung, if you will. And uh, it, is, it is a picture of the personal repentance that David went through in his life concerning what we read in 2 Samuel chapter number 12 when Nathan the prophet come to, uh, to David and told David that thou art the man and David suddenly realized that the sin in which he, uh, Nathan the prophet, had been speaking of was the sin that was in David's life. Now, I want you to understand something. I, I often uh, considered that situation uh, throughout my ministry and since I've been saved with David as David uh, was deceived. Now, I believe David was deceived. I believe David done something. He followed his heart. The heart is deceitful. Above all things desperately wicked, who can know it? The Bible said, right? The Lord knows the heart. He tries the reins. We understand that. And when you follow your heart, you know that you get into trouble. Your heart will lead you astray, not, not sometimes, but every time. All right? And so you cannot follow your heart. But we, we understand that David done something David should not have done, and it, it catches up to him. But David also, in a point in his life, realized that what he had done was very wrong. Now, I know that, that David knew what he done was wrong, but I did not think of the effect that it had on David's life personally. It was almost to me that when Nathan the prophet come to David, that David suddenly had a revelation or a realization, if you allow me to say it that way, a realization of what he had done. And then had to come to terms with it. But in all reality, I'm not so sure that that's the case. And I'll tell you why. Because we find that there's some suffering that's going on in David's life between the time that this gross immoral act happened and to the time that David got it right with the Lord. And between those times, it almost seemed like there was a void that was missing in my understanding. And uh, But I caught a few things in these two chapters that stood out to me that makes me believe that although David did get deceived by following his heart, although David did do some things that he should not have done that was contrary to his character, David at the same time got to a place where he didn't know what to do about it. You say, well, he knew what to do about it. Yeah, but see, there's this matter of, of owning a problem. It's hard to be faced with a problem and then have to own it. And a lot of people can't never get to the next step or the next phase in their life for the Lord because they cannot accept that what they've done is going to have to be dealt with in some capacity. And so they burrow or bury their head in the ground. And they want to act like they, they're just going to forget it. You know, they're just going to go on. Have you ever tried? And see, this is why I have a problem with with matters in the church that requires repentance and forgiveness between individuals just being swept under the rug and gone away without being dealt with. A lot of people got things in their life this morning. If you listen to me now, I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. A lot of people got things in their life this morning that they have not ever dealt with. They need to deal with it. They got to deal with it. If they don't deal with it, it's going to hinder them, but they will not and have not dealt with it. And they try to move on as if what that problem was did not exist or they can go on and forget it. Listen, once you get it under the blood for you, you can't forget it. You can go on to the glory for the honor of God. 
But until you do, it's gonna it's gonna harm you. And not only you, but it's gonna harm others. I'm persuaded, and we're gonna get here in a minute, that that Nathan, when he went to David, understood that David understood what he had done. See, David still had a great you need to understand something. David not only was dealing with his personal problems. Not only was David weighed down by the gene and by that lion that had bounced on him and held him down and grabbed him by the throat, he still had some other responsibilities that he had to take care of while he was dealing with his own personal problems. Personal problems will wear you out this morning. He said, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is is covered. Now understanding Psalms 32 is an instructional psalm. He's making a blanket statement here. He said it's a blessed thing to have your transgressions forgiven. He knew what he'd done. He's already dealt with some things and he's he's looking back on it and he's going man I'm so blessed to have been able to get through that season of my life Although there's some scars and although there's some consequences, what victory I have by getting this problem taken care of. But there was a time in his life when he did not have that victory. A man that had had allowed the Lord to do things through him and actually put him in the place where he's at right now in the kingdom. God used him. God done things with him. But he gets himself in a predicament here. And listen, we all can find ourselves in a predicament that can prevent us or stall us from being and doing what God wants us to do. And I, I just be honest with you this morning, this is my heart. You just bear with me. We'll try to get through this. This is not always a fun thing. And I'm not calling out this immoral act as the specific sin in which I'm dealing with. And I believe that it's good to deal with specific sin. If we don't call sin by name and we don't label what sin is, then it has a tendency to fly right over somebody's head and go on. But here's what I'm dealing with. I'm not dealing with individual, excuse me, specific sin this morning. Because I'm persuaded that there's people, even in the sound of my voice, that's got things in their life, things that's going on in their life that none of us know anything about. That's preventing you from doing and being what God wants you to be. And I don't have to call the sin by name because you already know what it is that's wearing you out. David knew what was wearing him out. Can I say to you, everyone in that area did not know what David had done. David had done something he wasn't proud of and David was trying to keep it under wraps and keep it quiet. Boy, little did he know that he was going to wind up in the King James Bible and everybody that read the Word of God was going to see what David had done. And I thank God we don't just remember David for what David done, but for what the Lord done with David by getting it under the blood. Is it, is it fun? Is it, is it fun to deal with things that are preventing you from being what God wants you to be? No. It's not fun. I want to say this though. What you don't realize is the degradation of life that takes place by wearing that all the time. See, it's not just, well, if I can keep it quiet, if I can keep it under the radar and nobody ever finds out about it, then I can just keep on going through life like I'm going and it'll all be all right. That's not how it works. David found himself in a situation in his life where his quality of life 
really began to suffer. And I never really looked at it quite in this context. So let's continue to look here. He's making a blanket statement. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. All right. Now, the Bible said, blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and whose, in whose spirit there is no God. Now, here's, here's the effect. Can I, can, I, can I show you the effect that's taking place in David's life? It says, when I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. Now, I've read that a million times, but I've never really thought about it. What does this actually mean? Turn with me to Psalms 58 for just a moment. Also an account uh, concerning this time in David's life. Psalms chapter number 51. And let's look at verse number 8. 51 verse number 8. Said, uh, I think that's where I'm in Isaiah. No wonder I'm at the wrong chapter. Psalms chapter number 51 and verse number 8. The Bible says here, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. What's that mean? This is two chapters dealing with one situation that David's found himself in. One is that of personal repentance and almost a uh, telling of what he was going through. And the other is instructional for you and I to see how one should deal with these situations. But both of these chapters deal with his bones. One, he talks about how they waxed old. And one, he uh, attributes the Lord to having have broken his bones. What does that mean? Is that figurative this morning? I don't believe we're dealing with that a figurative. I believe what's happened here is an actual fact that David found himself in a place where David could not even stand, Brother Marvin, to look at himself in the mirror. David has found himself in a position where he has done something that is so against his character that David could not stand to live with himself. Have you ever done anything or been involved in anything in your life that caused you honestly not to even like who you were as an individual? And then to try to hide it and, and, and not reveal it because of the shame that may come with trying to get that taken care of. What did it do? It affected his health. It ate him away. His mental state began to wear on his body. And he, he was such in such of a, a, bad, a, a bad state of affairs with what was going on and with this moral conflict that he was dealing with, whether to deal with it or whether to, to mention it or whether to own it or whether to keep hiding it was a constant battle. And all the while he's dealing with his personal struggle and his personal fight, he still happened to be a judge and a king. And I believe it wore him out and got him to the place where he couldn't eat, he couldn't sleep, he couldn't drink, he couldn't do anything. And you know what began to happen? You know what happens to somebody that listen to me? I could stand to lose 100 pounds, all right? If I lose 100 pounds, don't come to me and tell me I'm sitting and sitting living in sin, all right? But here's what I'm saying. It, it, it never fails. Somebody gets into something big and bad. Drugs, gross immoral acts, 
things of that nature, it wears on them, it, it tears their life apart, and the next thing you know, they've withered away to nothing. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed how sin can set up in someone's life and, and literally just take them down to nothing? Why? Because they are living with conflict that is controlling their life. They can't get in. They can't get out. They know what's right. They know what's wrong. And they're just stuck somewhere in the middle. And they're not able to enjoy either side of the thing. I'll tell you this. If you're born again, say with the grace of God, you cannot live in sin and enjoy both sides of the thing. It will get you to a conflict and a crossroads in your life where you have got to make a decision. You're either going to get it right and go with God or you're going to leave it wrong and you're just going to be miserable and your life's going to fall apart and it's going to continue to be wrecked and you're going to literally fall away mentally and physically and start to control you and ruin you. And the next thing you know, friend, this nation that we live in is popping pills like crazy. Popping pills to deal with it. You know why people's popping pills to deal with it? Because they got things in their life that they can't not get at. And I'm not telling you that people have got uh, mental issues or problems that causes medication. I'm not telling you to go home and dump your medication down the commode. What I'm saying is though, there's a lot of people that don't have problems that's popping pills because they just got sin in their life and they need to get it cleared up and under the blood and get on for the glory and honor of God. But they're doing it because they cannot live with themselves. Man, I, and I don't know where how that how that all got to be where we got there. But anyway, the Bible said when I kept silence, my bones waxed old. Then it says through my roaring all the day long. You know what roaring is? It's an outcry of distress. This man was was crying. An outward, an outward uh, tone, something on the inside manifested itself outward. He cried in distress. This man who at one time had things going for him. Lord's called him out of the sheepfold. The Lord set him, anointed him as king uh, over Israel. He's the leader that God wanted him to be. But you find that he ends up in a situation that has taken control of his life. Do you know all the hardship and pain and trouble and anguish that come with the job description that he had, Brother Gene, did not do to him what his own sin did? Think about that. The burdens and the weight of what his job and what his duty was did not affect him like the, like the sin did that was in his life. I want you to know something today. You cannot live in sin. And serve the Lord Jesus Christ without the weight of that duty crushing you underneath the load. You can't do it. You'll either have to get out or you'll have to die. But you won't be able to stay in, grow some moral sin and leave it undealt with. And still follow and do the duties that the Lord has placed on you. Cannot be done. You will falter. You will, you, 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 it will eventually become more than you can bear. Do you know why that is this morning? Because essentially you're left to bear the load on your own shoulders. You've said, Lord, I'm not going to get this right. And when you've got sin in your life and there's no fellowship with the Lord, you can't take your burdens to the Lord and leave them back. You can't cast all your care upon Him, although He careth for you. Because you've got something in between you and the Lord that's preventing that, that development of, of, of that relationship. 
Listen to this. He said, my roaring all day, all the day long, for day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. Now that, that spoke, spoke to me. He understood the heaviness of the hand of the Lord. Now the hand was heavy, Brother Gene. And, uh, but, but he knew the hand of the Lord was dealing with him. He could not do what he'd done and get away from the Lord. Every moment of every day, day and night, the heavy hand of the Lord was on him. So not only did he have the, the personal moral conflict and the and the, the, the weightiness and the distress of knowing that he'd done something contrary to his character, but he's got the duty and the weight of a job that he doesn't have the help of the Lord to do. And then all the while he's got the Lord with his hand on him, convicting him of the very sin that he had done. Do you not listen to me now? I'm not going to name names, but I can tell you uh, of at least one specific preacher that preached the Bible, loved the Lord, had an anointing on his life, found himself coaching in the place of his ministry where he was all alone. And although this may be a little uh, blunt this morning, but he cocked the hammer back on a, on a pistol and took his life. And this was a man that done something for the cause of Christ. You know what happened, Brother Gene? The devil jumped on his back. Yeah. And the devil rode him to the ground. Yeah. And he put him alongside of him and he put him on the throat and he held him there and he took the breath from him until he killed him out. Yeah. Now I thought about that when Brother Gene was talking this morning about the, the lion biting down on the neck and how that it, it causes a situation. And how one cannot breathe. You know the ticket, listen to me now, the ticket to getting this situation resolved is crying out and calling on the name which is above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If I confess my sin, the Bible said he is faithful and just to forgive me my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But it requires calling out. You know what Satan wants to do? He wants to get you to a place where he thinks God don't care. Or God don't love you. Or God couldn't use you anymore because of something that you've done or something that you've got yourself involved in. And the next thing you know, he's got you by the throat and he's taking your hand from you because he's preventing you and wanting to make you think that you cannot call out to anyone in your time of trouble or in your time of need. And I want you to know this morning the one thing that he wants to take away from you is the one thing that you better run to the story. You better come to the Lord Jesus Christ. You better call on the name which is above every name. Uh, you better ask him for the help. Why? Because blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. You know what you're going to have to do? Bring it to the Lord. You're going to have to face it. You're going to have to deal with it. I'm afraid this morning folk have got things in their life they just don't want to face. They just don't want to deal with it. They just don't want to talk about it. They just don't want it to come out. And I'm not needing you to come to me and tell me all your problems. But you need to come to him and tell him all your problems. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. He couldn't escape it, Brother Marvin. It, 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 just, it was a weight that he could not stand to bear. So he had the weight of his personal uh, convictions 
His, his personal uh, conflict that he was going on in his life. He had the weight of his duty, then he had the weight of the Lord on him. Now think about this, Brother Gene. When you get the weight of the devil on you, the weight of your duties, then the weight of the Lord on you, you're going to have to do something. If you choose to stay in that state, you will not make it. You will not survive it. You'll have to do something about it. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me, my moisture is turned into the drought of summer, Selah. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. Do you know why that day and night the hand of the Lord was heavy upon him and why uh, why his bones waxed old, why his health had failed, why his bones were broken, why he had got to the place where he was a shell of the man that he used to be. But do you know what he'd done to get it fixed? He acknowledged it. Now the Bible does say in all thy ways that what? Acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. You may not see how to work your way out of this mess. You may not see how to get to the other end of it. But if you'll just call on Jesus and acknowledge what you've done, friend, and acknowledge him for who he is, he can guide you and direct you and get you to where you need to be, friend. So that I acknowledge my sin unto thee and my iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions. Who, to who? This is very key. To who? Under the Lord. You know, I don't know why, for the life of me, we won't confess to the Lord the things that He already knows. Do you know how stupid that is? Yeah, I hate to use that word. It's stupid not to confess to Him what He already knows. You know what causes somebody to do something that stupid? Have some line attached to your head, biting down, trying to make you think that it do you no good. Say to the Lord Jesus Christ what you ought to say. By our standards, David was a filthy, rotten man. He should have lost his life for what he'd done. But to the Lord, there was grace and mercy. And that's why David couldn't help but say in the opening verse of this chapter, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Said I acknowledge my sin unto thee. My iniquity have I not hid. He did not. He did not skirt the issue. He did not. He did not try to talk the Lord. Uh, you know, uh, into into some kind of justification on this situation. That's why. And listen. That's why I have a hard time with Psalms fifty one. Where he said, Behold, I was shaken in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. This is why I don't think he was calling attention per se. To his mother having done a gross act. Because he was not trying to take the eyes off of his sin and put it on that of his mother. He said, Behold the Lord. He was calling attention to his own sin. You don't get forgiveness calling sin, putting blame and sin on somebody else. You, you get forgiveness by owning the sin for what you've done. And he wasn't going through all the things that he'd done in his life in Psalms 51 and then saying, Well, Lord, behold my mother. He was calling attention to himself. But he said, I acknowledge my sin unto thee and my iniquity have I not hid. 
I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. He's telling us a story here. And he's telling us that he said, he said I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Boy, and, and this is what I love. And then I'm done. I'm not going to preach the rest of this. I'll preach the rest of it tonight. I feel like the Lord would have me to give an altar call. Sis, if you'll come to the piano this morning. He said, I acknowledge my sin unto thee and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. He come to terms with what he had to do this morning. Listen to me now. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. We better get to the place this morning where we're willing to come to terms with what we've done and what we are. He said, I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord. And then this is a beautiful thing. He said, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Say like Boy, I'm so thankful that like David, Brother Marvin, I can hold my hand up towards heaven and say, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. I, I, want, I want to ask you this morning, have you, have you got something in your life that you need to get under the blood? Say, preacher, I've never been saved before. There's still something in your life, friend, you need to get under the blood. It's our iniquity, according to Isaiah, that separated us from God. But like 1 John 1, 9 says, if we will confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. The, the judgment is that we should die and go to hell. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we can be saved. Luke 13 and 3, while she plays softly, says, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, you shall all likewise perish. Every man, woman, boy, and girl that does not call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in forgiveness of sins for what they've done and what they are will die and go to a devil's hell. But blessed is the man who has his transgressions forgiven. How do we do that? Simple. We call on that name. We call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Bible said in 2 Peter 3 and 9, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's not his goal to send that kind of Luke 24 and 7, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. It's not just repentance that they preach, though, Brother Marvin. They preach repentance and remission of sins. Thanks be to God with repentance comes remission. I went down a sinner and I came back up, friend, the born again child of God. And this morning you could go down a sinner and come back up a born again child of God. Maybe you're saved this morning on your way to heaven, but something in your life is causing you literally to fall by the wayside. It's controlling your sleep. It's controlling your life. You won't acknowledge it. You won't deal with it. You try to run from it. You try to hide it. It's taking you down. You can go down, friend, with a burden and come back up having cast it on the Lord. You can go down and say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've gotten done in my life. I need you to forgive me for it. And come up like David and say, blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. You can go down to this altar with a woe in his feet and come back with a blessed is you do not have to carry this. You don't have to walk this way. You don't have to live this life 
determine whether men have life and more abundantly. Are you living the abundant life this morning that the Lord wants you to live? Watch your place. If you need to come, this altar's open. I'm going to pray. If you need to come, you come pray to business with God this morning. Heavenly Father, oh God, do a work this morning, I pray. Thank you for loving us, Lord. Thank you for your 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 long suffering. Thank you for your forgiveness, God. Thank you for your help. Thank you for not wadding us up in a trash can and throwing us away. But thank you for caring for us and being available to us, Lord. I, I know this morning, God, a shadow of a doubt. If there's distance and separation between me and you, it's not your fault. It's mine. It's mine. Lord, I'm afraid folk have got so far away and the, and, the, and, the, and the conviction and the call has got so distant that they almost feel like they've escaped it. But they don't realize how far away they are from you. Help us, God, I pray. Help us, I pray this morning, Lord. Deal with hearts. I beg of you, deal with hearts. Show folk the victory that they can have if they'll just get this under the blood. To, to have victory in their life again and not to suffer the anguish and the pain, Lord, of the wrecked life that they're having to live because of things that they've done and decisions that they've made. Lord, it gets to the point where one cannot bear it under the load. And Lord, at some point, something breaks, something gives. And we don't need more broken homes. We don't need more broken lives. But Lord, you can put all this back together again. I've seen you take things that were so broken, things that were so destroyed, things that looked like they could not have any uh, hope left in them, Lord, and you have put the pieces of the puzzle back together again. Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, for just reminding me what a mighty, awesome, wonderful God that I serve this morning. And Lord, what 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 awful people that you have taken and loved and cared for that did not deserve anything that you've done for them or done for me. Lord, I'd have to say like Paul, I, I'm not what I was, but I am what I, I am this morning what I am by the grace of God. Lord, I love you. I thank you for all you've done in our hearts and all our lives. Jesus, let me pray. Amen. And amen. Thank you, sis. All right, at this time, if we can, let's have our ushers come. We'll take up our morning offering.